I've written a couple of articles called it, There's Never Been a Better Time to Be Blind. If you're sighted, um, you know, you, you're finding almost as many benefits from the Amazon Echo as I am. Nick Lansley's Innovation Lab. Hello and welcome to Innovation Lab. As we know, the latest smartphones, tablets and the latest web browsers are a feast for the eyes as we surf the internet and engage with social media. Great! Except, what if you can't see? If you're vision impaired? What do these devices offer you then? Well, my guest is Ian Morris. He's a manager at a big UK company and uses these devices at home and work. But he can't see them. He's on the line now. Ian, could you tell me about yourself and why it is that we're talking today? Yeah, Nick, so uh, I'm 47. Um, I've been registered blind for the last 15 years. Um, I get about using a guide dog um, and various bits of tech and uh, our paths cross after I uh, posted a few hints and tips about using the new Amazon Echo device and uh, how much good that's done me in terms of uh, entertainment. Great stuff. Well, we'll talk about that in a moment. But perhaps you could um, just describe your your level of sight. What, what? How much can you actually see, and how how yep. how little can you see? Yeah. So I'm I'm at the level. I've got a condition called retinitis pigmentosa, which is a, a long name, but basically it means that my vision has degenerated over the course of about twenty five years to the point now where I'm left with light dark perception. So, for instance, if I'm sat in my office, I can see that there are lights embedded in the ceiling, but whether they're square, round, or uh, octagonal, I wouldn't know. Um, and in terms of talking to the telephone on my desk, I can't actually see the telephone. Um, so my world is pretty much all audible these days. And is this a condition you've had all your life, or has it progressed uh, over time? Yeah, so so it's one that I've had all my life, but I didn't realise I had it until I was um, probably around 23, 24, when on a driving test, I very nearly cleared up a milk float that I hadn't seen in my peripheral vision. Because one of the difficulties is with what do you see? Unless you realize that you've got a visual impairment, you kind of believe that the world sees everything in the same way that you do. And it was only then when I went in for field checks and, and those kind of things that they, they realized that I had this, um, this degenerating disease. And, you know, at that point, I could still reason, read normal sized text. I could still you know, watch the television, all those things were, were sort of possible. It was mainly my peripheral vision and my night vision that was affected. But unfortunately, the condition does, um, you know, degenerate over time, very different um, speeds in different people. And probably around 10 years ago, I lost the last of what I would call useful vision. So, um, yeah, moved then okay. from, from a world where magnification worked to one where, as I say, now I, I tend to listen to all my electronic devices. For those of us who are generally, shall we say, well-sighted, we see the latest smartphones and, and, and devices of that sort. Have you been denied access to, to that sort of technology? No, to be honest, it, it, it's, you know, I, I've, I've written a couple of articles called it's, There's Never Been a Better Time to Be Blind. Now, it's not an advertising campaign that I think most people would sign up for. But if you look at the technology itself, if we take the mobile phone as an example, I probably got my first talking mobile phone maybe 15 years ago, and that was on the old Symbian platform. And at that point, you had to buy the mobile phone. You had to send it away back to the manufacturer to have the software installed. That cost you £150 at the time, and, and you know a week later, your phone would come back. 
Whereas if I look at the latest devices from Apple um, and from a lot of the um, you know a lot of the other platforms, the accessibility features are all built in. So if you want to have a go at you know what it's like to use an Apple device, if you just go into settings, general accessibility, and turn VoiceOver on, then you'll be in the same world that I am, where effectively you run your finger across the screen. Um, it talks, it tells you what your finger's under, and then rather the single tap motion that most people are familiar with, I, I use a double tap, so I'll either tap the screen with a second finger or a rapid double tap with the one when I've found the link that I'm looking for. What I'm guessing is the voice of Siri reads out text that is under your finger, so you just kind of, sort of swipe down the... Yeah. Or kind of scan along the screen, do you? Yeah, so, so there's an element of... So, for instance, if I look at... I, I get all my work emails through my phone... So I'll run my finger over, you know, I'll open the the mail app at the bottom of the screen. I'll, it'll then tell me I've got an unread email. I double tap that, it opens it. And then it's a case of putting one finger on the screen where you find the high or the start of the mail. And then with a two-fingered swipe down, um, the voiceover will then read everything that's on the screen. And in fact, in the background, you may have just heard my iPhone, even though I've got it on mute, it's just uh, called out the time because it's obviously had some kind of notification come through on it. Um, so really, okay. u- really useful device. Okay, well, that's really reassuring to hear. Thinking of your main computer, though, perhaps you could describe how you navigate web pages there. Do you have a device for that? Yeah, so, so in terms of, of computer that you really split into, there's now, there's now two camps. So... Microsoft um, have, have now installed a screen reader on all of their Windows. So you buy a PC with Windows 10, it will have a screen reader installed on it. Um, and they basically split into two camps. You've got free screen readers that you can you know, get a sighted person to help you download or come preloaded. Or there are some ones that you pay for which are, are very expensive. But I, I'm, you know, I've spent the last 10 years working in the corporate world with a piece of software called JAWS, which is widely recognized as the best screen reader software on the market it is expensive i'm very lucky that my company pays for it for me but that is a that's a really clever um piece of kit that effectively reads emails you know so for instance if i'm using microsoft excel which i have to use quite a lot in my work the screen reader will tell me which cell i'm in um what the cell's value is and then if there's a formula it will call that out as well so very useful when you're when you're in the sort of work world in terms of accessing internet and web pages um similar kind of um similar kind of situation but what most sighted people won't realize is that the web page is made up of a number of factors so for instance there are different headings there'll be buttons there'll be links and jaws has you know an ability to to spot those and list them so if i hit my jaws key in s6 then that will give me a list of all the headings that there are on the page, or F7 will give me all the links on the page. So if, as a for instance, I'm, I'm looking to, I want to go and have a look at the Rugby Union page on BBC, I would hit Alt-A, which is favourites, B would toggle through my favourites beginning with B, I'd hit the BBC button, that would load up the BBC page, then I would hit JAWS key and F7, press S, which would take me to Sport, hit that, then I would same again, hear the web page load, Alt the F7 again, hit R, it would read out Rugby Union, I hit that again, and then I'd be 
on the rugby union page. So marginally slower probably than yourself with a mouse. But you know, if you understand the architecture and the layout of the page, which if you use it regularly, you get to fairly quickly, then your ability to maneuver about using headings, buttons and links, you, you get reasonably adept at it. Okay, and the when it comes to uh, that important activity of shopping, how do you find the web when it comes to um, being able to buy products and services as a, somebody who can't see? It, it's very much a mixed bag. So there are some, you know, there are some websites which are very easily accessible. Um, a lot of the supermarkets have done some really good work there in terms of, you know, your ability to to negotiate your way around a page. I would say some of the other Amazon and um, eBay, their pages are very, very busy. You know, so a lot of content, and this is where it does become difficult as a visually impaired user. You know, what it, it's very much almost like a sort of Middle Eastern marketplace. If you think about what you see on the screen in front of you, there's lots of bright colored flashing things and scrolling things trying to attract your attention as a, you know, as a sighted person looking at the screen. Now, my screen reader can quite often become quite confused by that if, if I don't know my way around the page. So there are some things that I'm 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 happy to order online. Um, other things which I think you know, it, it's a case of. And again, sometimes you want a cited second opinion. You know, there are some things which sound ideal, but um, you know, you you you, you know, it's uh, quite often I, I I defer to my wife and her internet based shopping skills. Okay, so what I'm hearing from you is that you can mostly interact with and enjoy the digital world that cited people do. That's what you find, is it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, there are there are simple little things like um, the accessibility that um, that our friends uh, in Apple have put into all their devices. That applies to things like Apple TV. Um, so again, from that we've got a Netflix subscription. So I would, you know, if there's something that I wanted to watch, uh, I can go in via the Apple TV, go to Netflix, select what it is that I want to see. Um, then you know, obviously, I'm I'm away. Um, with the with the audio description or coming out of the television and that's probably an area where we've started to see some improvements um, but it's not entirely there yet so audio description is is um, is one of those things where if you're watching a drama somebody will be there'll be a voice in the background that will give you hints and clues as to what's going on you know so you'll you'll hear a door open and an angry looking man steps into the room and you know it, it, it's <laughs> It's one of those things where once you get used to following it, it can really enrich and contextualize the program, you know, that you're, you're trying to follow. Because sometimes, and, you know, I'm pretty good with voice recognition, but if there's, you know, if there's not much differentiation between characters, sometimes it is pretty tricky to, uh, to, to keep up with uh, with everything that's going on. So the audio description is something that they've started putting on films. They've put on a lot of television programs now in fact on you know, I'm a Virgin Media subscriber there are the mainstream channels most I would say probably 40 50 maybe even 60 percent of their programs have an audio description element to them so that yeah, makes it much easier to follow along right so there's like an extra hidden audio soundtrack in the movie or the tv show that you can switch on and it's yeah. being described to you like a radio play yeah and, and again that's the other area where for me in terms of of that that media accessibility, the growth in the talking book world, um, podcasts. I mean, the, the thing with the podcast is that 
you know, we're all on a level playing field. Um, so the people who are listening to this, you know, um, and hopefully they're enjoying it. At the end of the day, there's no visual stimulus for them. It, it's it's information that comes in in an auditory fashion. So, you know, with the with the um, audio description on television and film, that really is an an excellent way of just you know allowing me to to to, to join in and follow the plot. Um, you know, with some of the nuances described. Um, and it's interesting that when I sit and watch it with my sighted family members, they they've kind of got to the point now where. I tune into the audio description and they kind of tune it out. So it, it, it does tend to work for us all. Okay. Although at times it might even describe what's going on occasionally, which would probably be useful for absolutely everybody. Yeah, and absolutely. Some of those more complex dramas that are sort of multi-layered, I think sometimes it's uh, it's quite helpful just to, uh, to give them a reminder of who's who and uh, where they sit. Brilliant. Well, uh, that that's good news so far. But, of course, now we enter the world of... Uh, the Amazon Echo, the Google Home, and this new, and for the industry, quite surprising popularity of devices that you can set up in your home as, uh, and talk to, essentially. Um, and, of course, we met on the Amazon Echo users group, which is um, kind of thousands of people who have these devices and sharing experiences with each other and how to connect them up. Uh, you obviously have one of those, and so I would love to know what you think of it and how you found that as an aid in your in, in your house. Yeah, so, so when I think I first posted, I had three. I've now got six. Um, <laughs> so so I, I effectively have them now in a, pretty much in every room of the house, my to be fair, my children own two of them, but uh, I own the other four. Um, it's just an incredibly useful piece of kit because it, it's that element of can, does it do anything that other, you know, that other devices can't do? I would say no, but it, it does become a gateway to accessibility and the speed of which you can access content. I think is really the most. Um, you know, is the most powerful thing, which is why if you're sighted, um, you know, you, you're finding almost as many benefits from the Amazon Echo as I am. So if I give you an example, you know, playing the radio. So if you go into, you know, you walk into your room, you turn your television or your radio on, and it will be set to, you know, your preferred channel. Well, there's an element of I walk into my front room and it's Alexa, open BBC Radio 2, and Radio 2 plays. If I then want to change that radio station, it's literally a voice command to change to a new radio station. Whereas, you know, if you think about it from, you might have the radio's preset or you might remember the channel number that it's on, but effectively you've got to go and find the remote control, type the number in or go over to the device and physically change it. Whereas from my perspective, you know, I'm literally issuing that short command. And she's not perfect, she does misunderstand. Um, she has a real issue with uh, with one of the country music radio stations. I'm not sure whether my children have sabotaged that, but um, yeah, we can usually get it to understand in the end. Excellent. And have you used the Echo with any smart devices like switches or other Internet of Things devices? Yes, yes, indeed. So we've got we've got Hive installed in the house to control the um, to control the heating. Um, and again, that's one of those things where. It, it sounds, you know, fairly trivial or, 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 you know, one of those things that kind of wouldn't matter, but really useful. So occasionally I'll work from home and historically, you know, the heating was, a, was on that timing setting where by eight o'clock it turns itself off because everybody's off to work. Um, 
and if I hadn't remembered to ask my wife to, to leave it on, though I, I was sat there typing away, and around nine o'clock in the morning, I'm starting to feel, oh, it's getting a bit nippy. And again, it's, it, the heating's off. So whereas before that would have meant me layering up and probably putting on a pair of fingerless gloves until my wife got home from work, Alexa, set home to 21 degrees. And it turns on the central heating, and there we are, we're toasty and warm. And it's, you know, it is that, it's that independence thing which means you know as a visually impaired or a blind person i'm not reliant on a sighted person to come and do it for me right independence seems to be the key thing here if these technologies work then i guess i hope that you can lead a more fully independent life absolutely it's something i feel very passionately about so um you know, I, I do a lot of work through visually impaired cricket I try, you know, I think it's really important, particularly for young visually impaired people, to be pushing and challenging what's possible. You know, and it's interesting, we get great coverage and very positive vibes during the Paralympics. And, you know, everyone's, wow, you know, it's great to see what disabled people can do. And then effectively, we, we, we sort of fade into the background a little bit. Well, I tend not to fade into the background, but, but you know, it's not mainstream media um, for the four years in between. And, and that whole independence thing is, is something that's so important to me um, because I, I, I like to live my own life. I love my family. I enjoy being with them. But there's an element of, you know, partially what I want to be able to do is organize you know, organise myself, you know, particularly when it comes to things like entertainment or, you know, getting to and from work. So another Alexa example is, you know, I get up in the morning while I'm wandering around, you know, trying to find bits and pieces and get myself ready for work. I'll check that my train's okay and, you know, that my commute to work is going to be fine. And whereas before that would have meant stopping, picking up the iPhone, you know, tapping the favourite that I've got for the National Rail, running the finger down to check whether my train... So it is simply open national rail, check commute, and as I said, she's reading it out while I'm getting on and doing other things. Yes. So yeah, it's another piece where it, it, it's it's myself taking control of my own, you know, my own life, and my own experiences. Yes, I think the um, one thing I've always had in mind, um, ending up champion accessibility at Tesco, was as much because of the fact that all of us have some level of, of disability, maybe not in the middle of life, but maybe towards the end when we get elderly, um, everybody can do with a little bit of extra help. Um, and allowing technology to make that happen and keep that independence going is, is key. Um, which, of course, then makes me think about the future, Ian. What do you, where do you think this is going and how do you think that you can benefit going forward and we also make sure that the tech device manufacturers keep you in mind as they, de as they develop new features and I, I the, the short fact of where will it end I, I really have no idea because you know if, if it's one of those things where and I had a conversation in office with my managers today we were talking about you know the mid 80s and the mid 80s probably as I'm getting older, doesn't feel that far, you know, that far in the in the distance to me. Yeah. But, you know, we're talking about renting your television, the one television that you had in your house. Well, that's that's 30 years ago. That's that's not a lifetime. You know, whereas now, you know, we discussed the fact that my children won't sit and watch television with us because we'll catch it on iPlayer. So yeah. the, the world has moved to such a degree, you know, you, you, you start thinking about, you know, going to the video rental shop to pick up a, 
you know, to pick up a video. Yeah. Well, that just doesn't happen anymore. And, and these things, again, so as we move on, the technology itself means that I, I've got the same, you know, not perfect, but I've got almost the same access to the digital world that you have. You know, Apple have led the way by baking it into all of their devices. You know, Microsoft have caught up. We've got the situation now where I think there is a recognition that the, the, the visually impaired market particularly, and it's not just the visually impaired, there are all sorts of, you know, helpful apps and useful things. Yeah, we've got a little, there's a little app called Tap Tap C where I can take a, you know, hold my um, iPhone over something, take a photograph of it, tap the screen, and that photo will then flash through to somebody cited at the other end who will then send me back a message telling me what it is that I've photographed. You know, it, it, and that that is now starting to to become commonplace. So if I look at it from a visually impaired status, well, how long before I'm driving my driverless car to work? Oh yes. Yeah, you know, it, it, it it's not it, it it's not that far away. Um, you know, you have a situation when it comes to mobility. Well, if I don't know an area, I've effectively got my you know, I've got my mobile phone in one ear with, you know, my 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 walking sat-nav device telling me where to go next. I've got my guide dog in my left hand, you know, which is, you know, keeping me safe and swerving me around obstacles. And and that world is just becoming more and more, you know, accessible. Um, and where will it end? I have no idea. But I, I honestly believe that there has been a step change in the technology level to to be inclusive and to you know give us all fair access i think that probably the change that's 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 got to come behind that is the there is still for me a, a kind of social change thing around acceptance of disability in terms of what can be done rather than necessarily the fear that sometimes goes with that with oh i don't know how i cope well yeah. You know, with all due respect, you don't have to worry about how I'm going to cope. You know, I've been fortunate enough that over the last 10, 12 years, I've built up those coping mechanisms with technology at the heart of, you know, enabling me to do, do a lot of the things that I do. Hmm. Well, in a previous episode of Innovation Lab, my guest, uh, Luke Hickton, who is studying AI and robotics at master's degree level, forecast artificial intelligence will overtake human intelligence in the next five years or so. So my final question to you is about your lovely guide dog. Heaven forfend that he be replaced. But do you think robo-dogs will be the future companions of vision-impaired people? And and the, the short answer to that is that they 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 are trying. <laughs> so they're again te technology wise yes they've looked at a robot dog um you know effectively like a canine with a lead on it if those <laughs> of you who are they remember the doctor who version probably the worst yeah. piece of um you know artificial intelligence ever um yeah. and also they've tried canes that vibrate and and there is an element of yes you can work with all of those things i guess the difference with the dog is that much as it's not very big my dog has a brain and he will be so there are elements and it's very difficult to explain how that bond comes about but you can feel in the howness of your dog whether your dog's concentrating or working and if he's concentrating you know you're safe so it's a very it's a subconscious 
relationship. Okay. So, whereas if you know, if you think about a, a technological solution, you've effectively got to interact with the device and interpret the feedback that it's giving you. So if we if we think about you know they, they've talked about canes and about sensors. So you know I've got a sensor on my left hand and my right hand and one on my shoulders and one on each of my. Well, they start to vibrate when I'm getting close to something. A little bit like a parking sensor on a car. Oh yes. yes. The effort involved in trying to focus on that tactile feedback and adjust and not overcompensate and yeah you know, because if you just think about walking down a street. Well, there's a lamppost on your right, but if you go too far left, you're going to fall in the road. So when you feel that vibration, you've got to make a measured decision as to just how far left you go to avoid that, to stop the buzzer telling you there's a problem. Whereas what happens with my dog is my dog sees it in advance. He gently moves his, his, um, you know, his handle round. I follow him, and we haven't even broken stride. Um, okay. So I think there is an element of you know, Gunner is here to stay, and uh, I think guide dogs will probably outlast an awful lot of the technology, and so should they. Well, that's a very good point you make, um, and uh, particularly about the emotional link that you have, which, of course, technology can't necessarily provide. It's a bit more of a binary isn't it it's either buzzing or it's not it's not giving you a kind of that kind of emotional connection and it's that level of trust that you and gunner did you say your dog's name is yeah, gunner yeah, yeah. can um can 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 help you with so i think that's a a very interesting and it's going to take a while i think for artificial intelligence to to reach that and, well, Ian, and that, um, oh yeah go for it and that's where you know again another brief example so we were we were in um in antwerp this week on business and they put us in the same room that they put us in four, four weeks ago. We only stayed two nights. So I could feel the tactile, I got it, they told me it was the same number. So I got off at the same floor, Gunner walked straight up to the room that we had been in before, stops, nods his head, this is our room boss, because this is where we yeah. stayed last time. And I'm not sure how they're going to program that into a computer. Well, that's an excellent demonstration of just how good guide dogs are. Well done, Gunner. <laughs> Our time is up, so thank you, Ian Morris, for joining me, and I hope Alexa and Gunner continue their journey of keeping your life as independent as possible. And thanks for appearing on the show. Absolutely my pleasure, Nick.